0: Let's do it. Alright. Welcome to the first episode of Clinically Pressed. Uh, this is
1: going to be our first roundtable of discussion. Uh, we're going to intermix these in within all the interviews that we're going to be doing without uh, our time doing this podcast. I'm Joel. This is AJ. This is Kyle. So we're just going to jump right into talking about some of the misconceptions, the beliefs, um, and things that just seem to be lost in the world of health, wellness, all the information, all the quick fixes, and all the fads that are out there. Uh, so well, just to get started off, AJ, what's your first big one? You're the nutrition guy and nutrition is obviously very tough.
0: Yeah, uh, not only nutrition related, I'd say one of the biggest misconceptions I see in the fitness industry is the misuse of certain training programs for a certain goal. To give an example, a lot of people think if you're going to lose weight, the best way to do it is go down to any fitness center, hop on a elliptical. 30 to 45 minutes and just plug away, get your workout in, and go home. Where I think you'd be much more better off if you did 30 to 40 minutes of some kind of strength training program, higher intensity workout, um, and I, I think that'll help you achieve your goal. And kind of along those same lines, as people get too wrapped up in this idea of I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight, whereas if you shift your mindset a little bit and focus more so on just improve your body composition, I think that's going to be more beneficial in the long term. Um, helps improve metabolic rate, helps you keep that weight off moving forward in the future. So again, it's not just losing weight and if you kind of get away from just hopping on treadmills, treadmill, goals for 45 minutes, and again, ramp up the intensity or shift the style of training completely, I think it'll really pay off a lot. Um, more than again, just the standard slow, state steady aerobic exercise that people kind of have focused on so much in the past. I can't remember what how we wrote the
1: article, or I'm pretty sure you wrote it. I can't. Yeah, no, I can't remember who wrote it. But it was basically like the scale doesn't lie, but it does. And so I know when we did that snap study, um, it was really interesting that you know people were like, "Oh, I only lost like three pounds total," right. but when we compared. Actual body count through the bod pod, they lost like six, seven pounds of fat, but they had actually gained some muscle on a really simple, easy, easy weightlifting program. And then they were like astonished by it. Right. So, even trying to weigh yourself every morning, you may not be getting the success that you want by the numbers, but it's actually a better
0: composition. And when you look at people's subjective goals, a lot of times they say, yeah, losing weight's part of it, but I want to look more toned or Mm -hmm. I want to have more defined muscles. that's a whole other misconception. (laughs) Yeah, but that's really what you're you're going after is improved body composition, and you need to lose body fat and increase muscle mass in order to get those muscles to be more visible or look more toned uh, and ripped and so forth. So losing weight's not going to get you to that toned look that you're looking for anyway. So again, doing this kind of training is multi-faceted approach to getting all these kinds of different goals
2: do you feel like people buy into that typically like they they'll <laughs> jump on board and they'll, they'll be okay with that you know and the scale's not going down necessarily you know some
0: do some don't like this study that we ran last summer we had people literally quit the protocol that they were doing because they were discouraged that they weren't losing weight but then again when we tested the body composition when they came back they're like, you had an incredible body recomposition going on yeah, you're losing fat mass, increasing fat-free mass. That's, that's everybody's great. goal, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's having your cake and eating it, too. Not that eating cake will get you there, <laughs> but... True, true. But again, that's overall weight loss. I know some would lose, like, three pounds overall. Right. Like huge transformations of fat, fat, fat mass and fat-free mass, again, which is really what you're looking for if you're trying to get more toned and things like that. Um, one thing I like saying is if you just focus on weight loss, and you just do the kind of standard slow state cardio type of training, you'll get into the situation where you're skinny fat. You may be of normal healthy weight, but when you test your body composition, you're going to be 30, even 40%. Even though you look lean, you hardly have any muscle mass, you have a higher body type percentage, and again, that's not a deal either, so again, that's where I see people getting wrapped up in this. Non efficient style of training because they think it's the best way to go. And I've I told you this too. I feel bad for these people because you walk into a fitness center and they're overweight people trying to run on a treadmill and it sounds painful and it looks painful. They're not enjoying yeah, it. Probably is painful. <laughs> yeah. And they're just kind of, they don't have great form. They're slamming the tread and you're just like, oh, you know, you could do something that would be less painful, right? way more efficient. You know, if you just went down in the weight room and and did some of the strength training activities instead of that. Do you see this a lot? Because
1: obviously, you work with a different population than I do because I'm mainly athletes and weight loss isn't a huge part of what we deal with, but you see a completely different side of it. Yeah, I try to. I mean, it's, I do see that. I have patients come
2: in and they, you know, they want to try to lose weight or get on the, the exercise bandwagon and. They think the the answer is to go out and buy a treadmill or, you know, get the elliptical and they're just gonna pound that out and for one, I don't think that sounds enjoyable, you know, I mean I, heard it. <laughs> I didn't know better. That <laughs> wasn't I, my favorite part of the workout. Yeah, so I, I do I think it's it's tough and I try to, you know, I'm just trying to get the mindset shifted just to maybe transition a little bit, you know, maybe do some body weight stuff or Add some, incorporate some things where there's a lot you can do at home, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe if you
0: love the treadmill, that's great, but, you know, try to mix it up a little bit too. And and that's a good point is sometimes in the industry, people take this train of thought that strength training is better and they go up a completely other end of the spectrum and they almost damn you if you do any kind of aerobic training where aerobic training still has great benefits, you know, it improves cardiovascular health increases aerobic capacity if you're training for a marathon, things like that, that style of training is definitely going to be beneficial, just not as beneficial as a weight loss tool as strength training can be. So I don't think you want to completely eliminate either from your training. Just know what it is that you want to accomplish and go about that. And not that it's completely
1: related, but listening to some of the CrossFit guys, where, like they're realizing that now. like It's not all the anaerobic go, go, go. Like They've started incorporating more of the aerobic training because it's evolved so much that that's the advantage they need in order to be able to beat the best guys. You can't completely ignore that side mm-hmm. of the spectrum. There's some people too that need that <clears throat> fix, like their cardio. Oh, bad. yeah. They have to get that yeah, on yeah. in, and it's like, that's right. great, you know, I'm not going to discourage that, but, you know, I'll try at to for movement, strength
2: training and, yeah. When
1: I was over in India sitting with a strong first guy, it's a kettlebell certification, South African, played rugby, gigantic man. We're sitting over there, it's a fitness kind of thing, first one in India, and there's this like bakwa dance thing, palak sing. Uh, some other martial art, like cardio thing, and so it's all basically loud music, jumping around, yelling, do this, that, and the other thing, and it was killing your eardrums. And we both kind of looked at each other, and he goes, "Well, at least they're moving." <laughs> so sometimes that's as good as it can take. So I mean, we'll take what you can get. But I think your point is huge with that, and that was one. I don't know if it's a misconception, but it's one I always kind of argue with: why I don't do cardio and I just live Like muscles, your most metabolically active tissue. So in theory. The more you have, the more it should burn throughout the day. Yeah. So that's yeah. my argument on why I can just lift and still eat pizza on the weekends. And it's, you know, I mean, right. so yeah, when we
0: work. If you could affirm gym. that, that'd be awesome. then so <laughs> yeah. I feel a lot better about my life. There is a direct relationship between the amount of fat free mass you have and your resting metabolic rate. So the more lean mass you have, the more calories you're just going to naturally burn throughout the day. And if you look at it, it, uh, it allows you to eat more. I mean, yeah, that's if you're looking at maintaining moderation yeah exactly (laughs) but with our football guys when we ran our study this last fall I mean they were having to eat five six seven thousand calories to maintain their body size throughout two a days because they're larger athletes they have more fat free mass and granted they're practicing and training three to four hours a day so they need to eat that much to maintain size or they'll become you know weaker which Unfortunately, we did see to some degree it was guys were losing lean mass throughout training camp. Definitely, I think going back to to the the body composition where you talked
2: about the skinny fat, uh, just composition wise, oh, it's not as ideal. You have those people that are going to do you know running training for a half marathon or or whatever they're doing activity wise, they're going to be much more prone for injury too because they don't have the you know the stability
0: there, and right, it's it's double edged sword. And along those lines you're talking about having more lean mass kind of allows you to eat more. If you're in this skinny fat situation, as soon as you stop doing that training and you don't readjust your calorie intake, you're gonna just start gaining weight back almost instantly. Because you've dropped, dropped right? your lean mass, you've dropped your drive for maintaining metabolic activity. So Now you've become reliant on that form of exercise. Where if you do strength training, you build up a certain amount of lean mass, you can take a week off, you can take two weeks off, you're still gonna be burning a lot of calories because you have more lean mass. You can't do that forever, you'll start losing some muscle, but again, another benefit of doing this, you're not completely reliant on that form of exercise to burn calories.
1: I think kind of the net, stemming off of that, I think it kind of goes into your second misconception, but also part of mine is talking about like calories and calorie counting and that was one that you know you go and you hop on the elliptical and it says you burned 500 calories and you feel great about it and then you go to starbucks and you get your insert really long coffee drink here and you just put back in 750 now you at a loss for the day and i think that's one i kind of had you know as one of my misconceptions but like People trying to understand it's not as simple as calories in, calories out. It's a good place to start, and that's why I like how you teach it. But we even had the conversation, and I know I've had this with multiple people, is like how you or your body reacts to it is gonna make a huge difference with it. You know, if you eat a thousand calories of white bread versus a thousand calories of
0: vegetables and a good source of protein. Mm. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest important things to take away from, again, calorie balance is a major part of weight management and stuff like that, but we also have to look at the types of calories as our body responds differently to different types of calories. We mm-hmm. yeah, nutrition partitioning effect, so we digest them at different rates, we absorb them at different rates, we utilize them at different rates, they elicit different kinds of hormonal responses when we eat them, and things like that, so that, that's an example I always yeah, because a thousand calories of sugar is much different than a thousand calories of lean protein right. and fruit specials, things like that. So that has to be taken into consideration when yeah. looking at, you know, the types of calories that you're consuming. And, and you don't have to
1: starve on a diet.
0: Yeah, exactly. And getting back to the fat argument is when we had this fat scare and saturated fat and everything was so bad in you know, the eighties and then we started going low fat everything, replaced it with more refined carbs. Yep. You know, low fat yogurts. Yeah, they have a lot of sugar in them, which is, again is way worse than having a moderate fat intake in your yogurt. And that's why we are trending in a direction where we now have an obesity epidemic. We have much more incidents of type 2 diabetes, pre diabetes, things like that. And a lot of it is stemming from that. Eliminating fat, replacing it with sugar. Now we got a whole other problem on our hands. I know we both reference this a
1: lot and we both get angry when we watch it, but uh, "Fed Up," the documentary where they show that at the beginning of like how cereal is healthy because it's low fat, but then it's packed full of all this other stuff and how that's misconception and you know, parents are feeding this to their kids because it is, it says that and that's Mm -hmm. what they think and yet their kid still is gaining weight or it's not getting better well worth checking out if you guys have the time. on it. Yeah. know it was on Prime. I don't know if it's on Netflix, but uh, it's it's well well worth the watch. I so. think the micronutrients are important too. Where
2: you, oh, you're just yeah, looking at macros and just straight up calories. I mean, I mean
1: micronutrients you need those for your processes and enzymes and absolutely. Enzymes. Mm-hmm. So kind of switching off the nutrition thing, we'll go over because you know Kyle hasn't talked much yet. What's one of the big things that you see, especially working in your world, that is a huge misconception? So, I think core stability is the
2: biggest far and away I think at all. I mean, core is overplayed in everything, core this, core that, yeah. you want a strong core, you yeah. yeah. it's a strong core. I think a lot of people's belief in that is I need to do sit-ups, you know, and just strengthen my six-pack, and I think that's starting to become better, where people are starting to realize maybe it's just not that as much, but Um, just so the core is not just, you know, your six pack, you've got the transversus on the sides. It's encompassing the the full 360 on your core and it's the pelvic floor, it's the diaphragm as well. And it, it it makes, plays a role in performance and injury. And uh, a lot of the athletes at EWL, you know, that we're seeing, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing over and over, you know, we just have the same discussion. Just trying to work on the same things, but people just fall into the same patterns of right. just you know they get into you know tightness in the hip flexors and the erectors. They're just not activating the diaphragm, and uh, you know so we just go back to just kind of working on more of a posterior pelvic tilt activation of the diaphragm and able to, to activate some of the the transversus and some of these other muscles.
0: For sure. <laughs> What's the best way to Train that instead of just doing thousand sit ups a day, <laughs> hanging leg raises, hip flexor exercises. Like with those areas of weaknesses that you talked about, what's some of the better corrective exercises that you could do to address some of those areas? So, I think uh, before getting
2: even into the exercises, just laying the foundation of being able to activate the diaphragm. So, uh, when you breathe in, your belly should go up. So, you're actually using your diaphragm to breathe. Uh, if you watch a baby lay on their back, you know, it's just their belly going in and out. If you watched a, a typical adult lay on their back, you know, their belly's pretty quiet and it's and all just, up here. Yeah. I mean, just because we do so much up here with typing and driving and people carry their stress and tension up there. So they, they carry a lot up here that exactly. leads into yeah, shoulders and neck so problems. Um, but yeah, so just starting off, just being able to activate the diaphragm is huge because everything plays off of that. Everything that you should do. You know your stability is going to come from here so working on that diaphragm activation it's boring and it sounds like a lame thing to do okay, well. I'm sure it. yeah exactly especially you know, like these big football players and stuff I mean they they're like breathing really but uh, I mean it's important and it, it plays a role and I think they start to see it as they progress and they start to get some results but uh, laying that foundation and then just being able to, to breathe correctly through any movement and activity. So if we start that, work on just the, the breathing and the activation, and then you can start to incorporate movements and make it more complex from there. Uh, side planks and stuff are going to work the uh, Dead bugs, bird dogs are all good things. But while doing that, you have to maintain proper pelvic positioning
0: and uh, core activation, diaphragm activation. So that was kind of leading into a lot of questions I had for you. So if you were to take three ab or core exercises and say, don't do these that are actually more bad than good and replace them with three ones that are way better.
2: Yep. Way better. Um, so yeah, I would not recommend sit ups just because I mean, it, it's going to just over activation here, of the, the rectus, I mean, everybody loves the six pack, you know, for the, the pictures and the beach and everything, but uh, for everything is a six
1: pack high-five sets to stop eating so much crap. <laughs> there you go, another, Yeah, another area at start. Dietary, yeah, for Thanks, sure. Teen Nation. <laughs> so, um,
2: I mean, you could replace that with the, the dead bug, so laying on your back and just arm and leg opposite down. That's gonna kind of work the cross patterns too, which is great, because our, our bodies kind of work in that direction. Yeah. Uh, front planks are good, they're better than sit-ups, but still, if they don't have um, the proper activation and stuff,
1: and they have back problems. Maybe not the first thing I would recommend. I do ones because to use their glutes on that too. Yeah, They're trying to get it all. Yeah, or you got to get everything right. engaged. And in that's gonna going to keep the glutes, yeah, yeah, in the right position. And yeah, so. help you go
0: thirty seconds. Oh, yeah. That plank if you can engage the glutes. Yeah,
2: that it's tough. It's part. tough. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I
0: would say that No sit. planks. No uh, planks. Side ones maybe better if you can do them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Side planks are great. You know, and if you can't do a, a full side plank off your feet, just going off the knees, starting off. I mean, you can just progress up. If something's too easy, usually you can make it harder, so, yeah. you know, you just work. I was going to get into this later, but form's everything, so I'd rather someone yeah, do go something it. with perfect form right. and only do maybe two to five seconds, as long as it's perfect form, rather than doing 10 to 20 seconds where it's just atrocious. I mean, you're just training improper patterns, so you got to build that, you know, build the right foundation and the proper patterns,
0: and you, you'll... Progress from there, but then you're gonna be less prone for injury down the road. So speaking of injury, how about app crunch machine app you know crew? So you go into a gym and everyone's going front, back, extension, app hold crunch. on, let's go for that quick
1: disclaimer. We understand the core and comes to this more than right here. We already know we'll hear some feedback from that. But before we get into that, word from our sponsor. Wow. Didn't you take care of that? Yeah.
0: We'll get sponsors, and then we'll plug them in here, but... Oh!
1: For the it's time no it's, not, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. anyway. Wow. Quick commercial. Version. If you're interested in it, let us know. It's a quick check it check it the yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, anywho, back to that, because that ties into one of my things uh, about technology and all the machines and whatnot, but yeah, if you want to take... I'm, Good I, 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 It's the same thing
2: as a setup, in my opinion. I mean, it's still working the the rectus and which is over dominant anyways, typically. So, and that's all just sagittal plane stuff. So, I, I mean, there's things that you can replace it with. Um, whole other topic is just sagittal plane. I mean. <laughs> This could be a whole other podcast, but uh, there's so much movement. We're always the looking for right um, Yeah, time. exactly. So the it. sagittal plane. I mean, every all these exercises that we're doing in the gym are all sagittal. Nobody typically works like transverse or you know the lateral as yes, um, frontal plane. So. I think that We're it, probably doing um, enough of them already. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much in there, so I think it's good to incorporate other, you know, so rather than just a, a straight squat or straight lunge, maybe a side lunge as well. So back to the, the straight sit-ups, I mean, I think it's better to kind of work those cross chains, some of the,
0: the less activated muscles like transverses. So That's if my, we're trying to mix up the direction, mm-hmm. but how about the ones where you, you put your arms behind the pads and then you're doing these oblique rotator.
2: Uh, those are So I like like a landmine, I think are awesome, you know, like where you have, you're really working like anti-rotational, but you're not torquing the, the lumbar spine, getting to like the discs and everything, so if you don't have a ton of flexion with the, the twisting, mm-hmm. that's another thing I don't like about the sit-ups is you're, you're just trushing that disc, I mean it's
0: putting it into flexion, people do enough sitting and everything, put enough pressure on it. So I've, I've always kind of heard some people say, developing tension and almost resisting flexion extension can almost be just as beneficial as moving through oh yeah like so a landline exercise you said you're not really moving a lot but you're resisting movement quite a bit exactly
2: i mean there's a ton of activation there to kind of maintain that and that's what you want is to be able to maintain a a neutral position you know so that's going to help you as you're going to to lift whatever furniture helping your buddy move or real life application i guess so
0: yeah, all yeah,
1: that ties into... In your yeah, uh, you yeah. uh, kill each
2: other.
1: I love our camera guy, Justin had good abdominal <laughs> <laughs> raising. as he had to get underneath. your yeah, back. Ceiling. Side
2: story, so uh, there's a desk in, in the office here and uh, I built these things to, to raise it up so we could have... Uh, a perfect segment yeah. on my thing, so yeah. keep going. So I could have a standing desk rather than sitting all the time. So I would kneel all the time at this desk and knees get sore and hard floor. And, It'd just be nice to have a standing desk. So I built these things to lift it up, but then I got them in here and I was like, "Well, how am I going to get this desk on these uh, things that I built? So we are shooting video the other night and I am like, well, I got these big, strong guys here. Well, you know, I'll work together and still couldn't get it up. So Justin, the camera guy, gets underneath the desk and does a squat to lift it up while these two are on either side. And, Got him slid under, and it, it works great, yeah, you know, 70, so thanks
1: playing. guys, it's Justin, Justin, it's Justin yeah, he did have an injury, so... Um, <laughs> there you go. So one of my ones that I had was the thing about technology solving everything, like everything that comes out these days is this fixes that, this fixes this, like shoes, like I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going completely hipster, like gotta go back all natural, like I do agree with like... I do. Well, I think they were good. They just had a poor marketing campaign, and then people took it and ran with it, and literally, crushed literally. themselves. <laughs> literally ran. Yeah, and, you know there was no progression to it. But you know, my favorite one, and somebody brought this, and I was like, huh, oh, that makes sense. Like, how often are you supposed to replace your shoes? Well, every four to five hundred miles. Well, who came up with that recommendation? If you don't have an arch, you can retrain yourself to have an arch. And. Almost every single case. Some are too far gone, but most people you can retrain that back, and you don't need to go buy a pronation shoe or this, that, or the other thing. You just you don't have to, and you can still do it. And it's you know the same thing. But then you know te- treating things as skills. I've heard many of a running coach say, "Well, running's not really a skill." Well, how? Like, why is it not? Like, that's what you do. Like. Why wouldn't you want to treat it as a skill and be more efficient at it? I changed exact, the complete way how I ran. All of a sudden, I didn't hurt as much when I ran uh, because I wasn't driving my heel into the ground and having every joint in my body have to take that blow. I was using muscles to do it by landing more on my mid and forefoot. And so that was one of my ones, you know, you talk about ergonomic chairs, you're still sitting. So you're still crunched over at your hips. You know That was one point I was going to bring up with the ab exercises. Most of the time it's more of a hip flexor exercise. Your abs just get incorporated into it. So we're feeding this terrible process of always being short through the front from sitting all the time. You know, and things like that. And then even to the workout equipment. Uh, people talk about how it's really interesting that it used to be all like free weights. And then the machines came in and that's what everybody did. And now, you know, Probably with the spark of CrossFit, um, which is a whole other topic in and of itself. Some of the good things they brought back is people are up moving again. It's not just going and sitting on a machine. It's getting up and doing body weight things. It's running. It's, you know, getting out there and moving and not just going in and sitting and working through whatever range of motion the machine's going to allow you to work through. So I don't know if there's some things like technology you've seen that have kind of been destroying, you know, any ab machine, like, ever? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not worth the yeah. money, but... I don't know. The ab belt. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's... The one that mean, makes you twitch? Yeah. That one? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> there's a couple. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh zap yourself. There you go. We did play with those in uh, school. We had
2: like the, the Russian stem and everything and you know, you put it on and oh, yeah, yeah. as much, but yeah,
1: I, I don't think there's much research. Uh, and I think we've done a study of UWL. Um, um, oh, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I bet. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that could, he would be a really interesting, um, mark that, write that down, because yeah. that would be just really just spelling some myths <laughs> and things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so that was my big one. Like, we both switched to standing desk, and as you just heard from the story, Kyle has officially <laughs> transferred over to the standing desk. And, you know, just to kind of side note that, like, I try and stand as much as I can during the day. That doesn't mean I don't sit ever. Like, I enjoy sitting down just as much as anybody else. But it's all a moderation thing again. Like, you can't sit down for 15 hours a day and then wonder why you got hip or low back pain. Like, it's, it's, it can be that much simpler than... Having to go and get x-rays and MRIs done, you know, just generally getting up and getting yourself moving can be a huge thing to just dispel
0: that and make it go away. And along those same lines, and tying back what you said earlier with the vibrams the and the barefoot running, mm-hmm. where people were like, oh, this is good, let's go all in and do it, yeah. and then you're hurt six weeks later. Same kind of thing with standing desk. If you're going to do it, ease your way into it, because it took me a while. That's true. My knees were hurting, my low back hurt, so again, you don't have to go all in with it. You can still go half days even until you're at the point where you can manage to still work and stand.
1: Yeah, one That's of those awesome. bare desk yeah. ones I just shared with you, okay, they nice. just put out a cheaper right. version, they were like three, four hundred bucks, and now I think that one was 175, so yeah. you don't even have to buy a new desk, you just set it on top. Um, <laughs> well, how much did yours cost? I don't mind the scraps I had in the garage. Same here, it's Yep, right. same here. I did the yeah, same thing as Kyle, but mine was a lot lighter, so it only took two <laughs> people, and it wasn't an L desk, it was just one set thing. Yeah. But I mean, I built one at home just by buying stuff at Walmart, it cost me a hundred bucks. Yeah, I, I mean, basically took a there. desk and then nice. put Two end tables underneath it worked out really well. Uh, So yeah, those are all options there. I know with
2: standing too, like you said, easing into it. I think a lot of times when people stand too long, they kind of fall into an anterior pelvic tilt position, (coughs) and it's easy to do. So yeah, squeeze the glutes, just kind of tipping the pelvis back. I know that's huge for um, long time standing. Why it can be, you
1: know, problematic with low back pain and stuff. So for sure. Any other misconceptions you guys wanted to address while we're sitting here talking about it? I think we kind of hit on some of the main ones. Yeah, I, think, for
0: this I time. think
1: so. So, kind of going on to the end of what each episode looks like, is we've got a few questions that we want to ask every guest that we have on here, so we're going to go ahead and answer those today. The first one being, take what are your top three take-home tips or the Twitter version and or like what would
0: be the one thing that you would like ask of anybody watching the podcast? Uh, If I were to pick three, my first one would be that everyone can benefit from strength training, really regardless of goal, if you're trying to obviously get stronger, increase muscle mass, that's the best way to start, but we already talked about how it can improve body composition, Um, and Kyle mentioned helping reduce pain a little bit, if you're just stronger throughout your movements throughout the day, it's going to reduce your risk of injuring yourself or something like that. Uh, The second would be... If you're going to overeat on anything, let it be protein. Uh, it, we'll get into it more, I'm sure, in a later podcast of why it is so beneficial. But it, again, if you're going to overfeed, do it at a steak buffet, not uh, a, a pasta feed or something huh, like that. There you go. Because of some of the nutrient partitioning effects we we'll talked about. Sorry, guys. Oh, i Yeah, You're yeah, better fish, you yeah, know? Good stuff. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Fish fries? You're still good. Fries, so yeah.
1: Fries, that's something <laughs> <laughs> See, my uh, no. I saw a commercial for a healthy fryer. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, nice. yeah, something interesting. Anyway. Third one?
0: I kind of said two, I guess, in one, so I'll just leave it there. Kyle,
1: what, are you what did I
0: have here?
2: So, so, oh. So the first one would just be breathing <laughs> with your diaphragm. Yeah. So it's um, like you trying to yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy to forget and I do, I'm do. i by no means perfect at all. Right. It's something that I have to work on, but I think whether it's at rest or while doing any movement, that ideally that you should breathe with your diaphragm, that's going to help. Core stability, that helps, it, it works out to the extremities and everything. So just uh, with pain or performance, I think that's huge. So, For sure. Uh, uh, lacking mobility. So if you're lacking mobility in any area, I think that uh, just spending some time there and, you know, stretching and mobilizing and getting, a, I almost said, I won't go there because you're going to, I know, mention it here with the, no. the recommendation <laughs> under $100, hours. but uh, great device. But uh, if you have any um, areas of immobility or you feel like you're tight in a certain area or someone tells you that you're tight in that area, I think that uh, spending some time addressing it because uh, it's just going to probably lead to problems down the road. So For sure. It's huge. Plus, it just feels good to stretch. And the last one, I think, is just uh, form. And I mentioned that a little bit earlier, too. It's, you know, proper form. It, it's better to do something with uh, perfect form for lower sets than, you know, trying to get up there and trying to get that last one. Smarter and it, harder. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I Try understand, you know, sometimes for sure, you know maxing out or something, maybe your form's not going to be ideal. And there's instances where... You know, obviously that's going to be slightly different than it's opposed to if you're you know every day for sure reps and sets are so you know,
1: i'd say those are the three big ones my three i'm still on the first one from kelly Starrett, who I was still from sun tzu who wrote art of, War. Art of War. uh make your everyday stance your battle stance and so with that pay attention to your posture and i think that came back to something that you mentioned like making sure you're not in that anterior tilt by just using your glutes to turn it on tilt back uh, making sure your legs are straight, you know, I've tried to stand like this as much as I can because it puts my shoulders into a place that I can't sit all rounded forward. It's all about that. Uh, it is. Uh, that Brett Contreras guy really uh, knew what he was talking about. Good guy. Yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, performing your own maintenance, kind of tying into what you said, like pain isn't supposed to be there. Like that's the, not the natural state of the human body. And so a lot of times it's just our compensations that have caused most of the problem, uh, so you really should be able to work on that. Um, I took this last one from a couple guys that I listened to, is like, always think the opposite of what's being put out in front of you and challenge it, because a quick fix is usually false hope. You know, anything that says it's going to happen for you right away, is probably going to give you just as short-term results as it's claiming how fast it's going to get you there. And then as a sent- kind of squeaking the last one in, get a stand-up desk been great my favorite one of my favorite posts was when we found that calculator sitting the standing and how many calories you can burn we can go back into the calorie discussion but it was like hundred thousand plus over the course of a year i could burn standing versus sitting mm-hmm. and i figured that out that's like the equivalent of me running like 29 and a half marathons in a year so and obviously that's <laughs> obviously, I mean, yeah I avoided a half the other way so okay. our next question most influential fitness purchase for under hundred bucks here we go
0: I, I got on this one earlier so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that one. mine would be the foam roller uh, because of a lot of these mobility and kind of recovery things that we've already talked about improving range of motion trying to reduce any pain that may be there uh, but along those same lines make sure you're doing it right So check out some of the stuff that we put out with mobility guides or there's lots of great resources online. But if you're just laying around on the um, floor and you're feeling great while you're doing it, and you do it for five minutes and then go out the next thing, you're not really doing it right. You're not going to get the benefits from it. You should kind of be in mild discomfort while you're foam rolling. It's not going to feel great, but it will really help And the things that it's trying to improve. Take repetition. And kind of pushing the limits a little bit to get those benefits from it. So that would be my purchase. You feel uh, so much better after, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yep.
2: maybe not great while you're doing it, but after you're done. Exactly. You should be sure able to see immediate improvements on no,
0: no. all those things. Test and so retest. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Improvements in range of motion. So. Yeah, that'd be mine.
1: Mine is everything to make bulletproof coffee. If we not talked about it a little bit, but that is the butter and MCT oil in your coffee and it sounds weird but it is awesome that's all i drink for breakfast now it's the only way i'll start my day if i can um i didn't have it today but hopefully i still seem sharp but it's a lot of fat but it tends to make me feel full gets me to lunch and then it also helps me just feel like i'm a little bit more focused got my body running a little bit smoother in the morning um allows me going to an intermittent fasting so yeah gonna keep riding that train I when I looked at this
2: list, I was the third one to, to ask. Shadow? <laughs> <to, so>, um, <laughs> yep, yeah, I would have probably said the same thing as AJ with the foam roller. Yeah, yeah. And, or I any mean, tool. I've got softball, baseball uh, sitting there. I mean, we've always got them in here. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I was just talking to a patient last night about uh, how. He's got one and absolutely loves it and lent it to his father-in-law. You know, It was like two weeks and he's like, literally, man, I need this back here. I'm going to go buy a new one. <laughs> like, nice. nice. Um, and he was freaking out when his kids hit it and stuff. And so <laughs> I, I, re- I tell patients, like, if you don't like it, bring it back. And I haven't had someone to bring one back yet. Nice. They just
1: love it. So. Nice. For sure. And then our last one, uh, what would you tell yourself in either your training or your education if you could go back 10 years?
2: Go ahead Go for it. All right. So I, what I would tell myself is basically lay it out, set your priorities. You know, get your priorities, what's important to you. Based on those priorities, set your goals. So I have my priorities set. Now I got my goals set. What I want to accomplish, and then set up a plan how you're going to accomplish those yeah. goals, how you're going to tackle it. And then based on my schedule and family life and everything else going on, how am I going to incorporate this into my daily life? For Make sure. a plan. I mean, it's. It's good to have goals, but you have to figure out how you're going to get them, and uh, if it's not functional for you, if it doesn't work with your daily life, it, it isn't going to happen, you know, so you have to make it a routine, basically, for sure. so um, I think that's very important, and then along the way, I think it's good to just smell the roses and enjoy the ride, you know, it's, it's very easy to, you know, think about the next thing and what, you know, what could be and what could be, but I mean, once you get there, then what, you know, you gotta enjoy the ride make it fun. Where were you at ten years ago? Ten years ago. It's 2016. Yeah, I would've set the tone for all that message. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would have been at uh, UWL, so i in my fourth year at EWL. So yeah. I would, I was starting to get stuff uh straightened away and won't we we'll make and that me say old you say how you then. Yeah, yeah that's all right. None of us.
0: What about you? Uh, mine's gonna be training related and for me it would be don't ignore recovery part of your training program yeah and this is everything this is sleep this is nutrition this is active recovery uh, and things like that so you know a lot of people will work out religiously during the week and then on the weekends well party like crazy they'll eat like garbage they'll sleep six hours a night and then they expect they can pick it right back up on monday and be ready to go for a new week so nobody's so well and i mean this is from experience right right this is why I'm telling myself, "Hey, this is going to catch up with you later in no? life." Mondays are bad enough as it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. until the real world. <laughs> and in terms of active recovery, you know, I wish I would have known about the benefits of mobilization work back yep. then. Because otherwise, if you ignore them and you keep ignoring them, you know, I sat. I went to school for a long time, so I sat in a desk for a long time. Right. And I have a ton of low back, hip flexor issues that have now created movement restrictions that. Now, you know, I struggle with when I train, when I do squats, I have these moving and chronic and nagging issues that I have to work around. I'm always bugging these guys. Hey, this hurts, that hurts. What can I do? And a lot of it's because I ignored this stuff for so long and now it's caught up with me and I can't train the way I used to because I have to work on some of these other things first before I can uh, continue on. So that would be mine is, is don't ignore that stuff because it'll eventually catch up to you and... And then you're going to be stuck facing those instead of whatever your training program wants.
1: So you're ten years ago, college. Ten
0: which which part it? of college,
1: yeah. Undergrad, yeah. so around undergrad. Undergrad, yeah. so okay. The beginning, the beginning, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, ten years ago, uh, would have been right in the beginning of undergrad. Um, mine would be there's no quick fix and don't spend as much money on stupid supplements as you did. Wish I could have that to invest back in. Uh, bodybuilding magazines and all of those mean nothing to an athlete and they don't help at all. Still reading. <laughs> yeah, you got research going on about that. Um, eating more doesn't mean eating whatever you want. We touched on that a lot. Uh, going back beyond 10 years, like I wanted to get bigger in high school. So I would go and I would get like two chocolate notes and a donut. Tasted good. Tasted <laughs> good. <Tasty> good. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not how I wanted to. Um, more on the other, the academic side of it. Study sooner than later. I just feel like I lost out on a lot of time. Uh, things that I could be bringing in didn't take advantage of opportunities as much as I could. have to learn stuff from different people. And then kind of on, the last one was going back to one of my favorite podcasts I've shared with you. I should send it to you. Uh, this Dan Pena guy. and I won't use his exact quote. But basically just having to do it. Like get started. Get after it get it going and you never know what's going to end up happening. And that's something that I'm really trying to focus on now is just making sure we're not just planning and thinking about it, talking how great it. It's like, let's just go do something. So well, we're doing the podcast? there that's we great. go. Yeah. Get it going. So with that, that pretty much sums up the first episode. Um, kind of in closing, please take a chance to go check out our Kickstarter campaign um, and check out our promotional video and what we're trying to get accomplished with this. Uh, we're trying to just build it, make a better product, get better recording, uh, hopefully hook our camera guy up with something because he's <laughs> been such a good friend to help us out. Um, we'll hopefully have an interview for our next episode. Uh, we're going to keep that a secret, mainly because we're not sure who that is yet, but that will be coming out got um, within the month. Uh, with that, if you wanted to find any more information on this, you can check out clinicallypress.com where we'll have... Links to all of the episodes as they get going and some other informational links, you can always check out TotalAthleticTherapy.com, our daily blog that AJ and I run. Uh, that's free with just uh, new articles, tips, things like that. We just launched our website as of 13 hours ago, so that's up there and fancy now, but uh, we've referenced, like mobility things, we've got a couple free mobility guides on it, some nutrition help, even some basic starter programs that you can just download for free. Um, and then, obviously, we can take things from there. Uh, if you ever need to look into chiropractic and you're in the Cooley region, mm-hmm. check out Dr. Kyle and his uh, wife, Erica's place, Cooley Health, CooleyHealth.com. Yep. If you want to take a look at that. And we look forward to having you on future episodes. All right. Sounds good. We did it. <laughs> All right. Time. 41. <coughs> right, yeah, you, you were right on
2: that. Dead on. <coughs> I oh, was good. Yeah
1: good.